Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You are listening to The Hotbed Podcast, brought to you by The Hotbed Collective. I'm Lisa Williams. And I'm Anarchy Somerville. And we are two of a gang of merry maidens, hell-bent on making the world a better place, one orgasm at a time. We started this podcast because we realised, one, that there's an orgasm gap between men and women, with the biggest gap landing between heterosexual men and heterosexual and bisexual women. And two, because we realised that no one talks about normal everyday sex. There's lots of chat about dating sex and extreme sex. We call it dungeon sex. But who's talking about normal everyday sex? You know, the kind that doesn't happen every day. So we're here and we are talking and we hope you enjoy the ride. Thanks everyone and welcome to the Hotbed Live at White City House. We are the Hotbed Collective, the collective hell-bent on making the world better, one orgasm at a time. I'm Lisa Williams. I'm good at organised fun, but otherwise take life very seriously, and I think some people think I need to lighten up. Um, I'm Anarchy Somerville. Um, I've got to think of a nice thing, so I'm quite kind and thoughtful, but I'm also very grumpy, so that's uh, not such a good thing. <laughs> but we hope that you're going to learn something. Um, it's not, we're not going to be doing any sort of position of the fortnight or anything like that, but it should be fun. Um, hopefully you will pick up some tips and you will enjoy yourself and it's all for a good cause because it's for the Eve Appeal um, so we're going to be raising lots of money um, for the Eve Appeal tonight so it's a, it's a wonderful cause It's a charity which raises awareness around the five different gynaecological cancers and I've tried to memorise these so I'm going to try not to look at my notes Womb Vulval Vaginal Cervical and <laughs> Ovarian <laughs> I wonder how many times at previous shows we've had a cheer for the word ovarian. <laughs> you don't get that on Adam Buxton. Um, and if you, yeah, if you haven't listened to the podcast, then um, we, we don't want to embarrass anybody. So hopefully you won't feel embarrassed by anything. We kind of see ourselves a bit like loose women. I mean, I love loose women. I don't know if anyone doesn't like loose women. So I'm Janet Street Porter. And I think Lisa might be Nadia. Mm. Are you, are you? Yeah, I'm Nadia. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So that's kind Happy of our that. roles. So we're kind of the loose women <laughs> of the loose women world. Loose women meets loose women. Yeah. So... We talk about sex, relationships, and reproductive health, uh, because even though we live in really hypersexual times, quite often we, we're not living very sexy lives, 
And actually, Anarchy and I are quite unlikely people to be talking about this, I think. And sometimes it does make us cringe, especially when we know that Auntie Liz is listening at home. Yeah. Hello, Auntie Liz. And it's Galentine's Day! So can we just have everybody go, hooray! We must say, we, didn't, we weren't absolutely certain what Galentine's Day is, um, but it is a day <laughs> to celebrate love, friendship, self-love, um, get drunk on wine, blow whistles, get your vaginas out, all of those things. <laughs> Um, so can we just have a big shout out because Galentine's Day is basically probably the best day in the year apart from Christmas maybe so can we have a big cheer for Galentine's Day Galentine's Day is ladies celebrating ladies and as part of this Galentine's celebration we're going to be talking about self-care self-love friendship self-care is everywhere at the moment but is it actually making us feel any better and we'll also be chatting masturbation or as we call it testing out sex toys for the Hotbed Collective. Uh, we're going to be talking about period power, uh, cancer and more. It's a day to celebrate self-love, non-romantic love, like the love that you have for your friends. And if you don't love yourself, then you don't make a very good friend, right? You're basically just a miserable git. Sorry. So happy Valentine's Day, Anarchy. Thank you. Um, I mean, we've actually we've both had a bit of a it sounds awful, actually, because a baby is a lovely thing, but we've both had quite a, a crappy few months, and I would definitely argue that it hasn't been very sexy. I've had a baby, you've had a, a bereavement. Mm. So we've had two horrible bees. But one of the things I wanted to talk about a bit is kind of after having a baby, it's just not a particularly sexy time. And I've got some props. I mean, for those of you that are planning to have children, I'm not going to put you off. If you have had a child, you'll probably recognise some of these. And I, I've got a present for you, Lisa. Actually. Oh, thank you. So this is how Anarchy has been expressing self-love uh, in the time since she's had the baby, so seeing as we're talking about self-love. These are, these are post-birth. Um, these are the kind of stockings you can mm. expect to wear here. Um, and they're green. They're green stockings. And as far as I know, there's not a community on Pornhub or any of the other porn sites that are into these stockings. Um, but you could try and start a trend. There might be a particular fetish for them. And there is a, there is a point to them. You do have to wear them because essentially they, they stop your veins from exploding, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you some of those. Thank you. These you'll have to try on later. Ooh, they look quite special. Actually, I can't figure out where the crutch is. I think that's, that's it. <laughs> So you put these, when I first saw it, I thought it was some sort of sterilising <laughs> sort of surgical hat. It's not. It's actually, they're pants. And unfortunately, after you have a baby, you wear those and then an enormous pad goes in there as well, which nobody really tells you about. Again, I don't think it's very sexy. So I haven't, it's not been a very sexy time. Um, and finally, this is another sexy thing. It's a spray. This is called spritz for bits and I would, I would recommend if you have had a vaginal birth this you can spray this on and it kind of feels a bit like deep heat but in a nice way so this is this is the third thing so that's just my summary and there was a couple of things I wanted to say because I think people are very competitive about birth and you'll find that when women talk about it they always say my birth was the worst my birth you know there's blood everywhere I almost died I had the most pain of anyone else in the whole world. I just want to set the record straight. Mine was definitely the worst. <laughs> and I was definitely the bravest person. Um, and I just want to set that straight because I know some of you will come up to me afterwards and you'll start giving me your birth stories. And I'm not interested because mine was definitely worse than anyone else's. Okay? Mm. Okay. So I haven't had a particularly plentiful period for self-love and self-care. I think that in the last few weeks that has amounted to sterilising my moon cup 
and throwing, oh yeah, moon cover here, uh, and throwing away, you know, the tights that get a hole in the big toe so that your big toe sticks through. Well, I've actually thrown mine in the bin. That was a great act of self-love, but that is as far as I've got recently. So it hasn't been a sexy time. Now we'd like to introduce to the stage our very first special guest. Uh, her name is Nadia Dean. She's very wonderful. Not only does she know everything about sex toys, even how to make them, uh, she runs workshops at Shush Women's Store on seduction, body confidence, and more. And she's just founded a website called AM Appointment, which is all about encouraging women to get busy with themselves. So please blow your whistle for Nadia. Nadia, hello. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you. I feel really short. Oh, well, you can just move the mic slightly down. Nadia's in the hot seat. Um, The only thing hot about it is that it's next to Anarchy and that Nadia is now on it. So, but if you're listening at home, just imagine it to be like a kind of Noel Edmonds red chair that we could probably pull a lever and eject you off the stage. But we can't, so it's okay. okay. I'm, I'm glad of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nadia, it's quite amazing that you've taken on this topic. It's quite difficult to talk about masturbation. I'm even cringing as Anarchy was talking about it just then, which is terrible. But you're brave enough. Why, where does that bravery come from? And why do you think that women don't want to talk about it or even do it? Um, I come from a family of women, um, and i seen all my sisters and my mum naked at an early age. I had no embarrassment. I also worked as a bra fitter, so I've seen <laughs> hundreds, maybe thousands of tits. So again, <laughs> I've got quite a lot of body confidence because I can kind of, you know, compare and everyone looks the same. Um, but with regards to your question about why people maybe don't talk about female masturbation, it's quite a big one. I think maybe one of the number one reasons is because masturbation is an act of... It's a really selfish act. Mm. And I I don't want to call it selfish, but it's something that you do purely for yourself for pleasure. And especially in this culture, we try and be quite selfless. Um, And, you know, if you're spending time masturbating, you could be thinking, okay, I could be doing... I could be doing washing up. I could be, like, (laughs) looking after the kids. I could be doing that work that I should be doing. And also, I think, um, for me, I mean, I could talk about masturbation, but there is a limit because it comes to a point where... It's kind of like a gateway conversation where people might start asking you, oh, so, you know, what do you watch on Pornhub? You know, what's your, what's your, your, your masturbation? What do you think about? And that in itself can be kind of intimidating because what I might actually think about when I'm masturbating might not be what I would actually want to do mm. or I would want anyone else to know. Mm. Um, and it's a, it's a really personal thing. Mm. And lastly, I think, especially in a heteronormative relationship we're kind of taught to think about masturbation as something where you should be having all your sexual pleasure from your partner. Mm. Um, and the fact that you can just kind of go away for five minutes, you know, five minutes or five hours, or, you know, <laughs> as long as you want, and just have your own me time and not have to rely on your partner to give that can, again, be seen as a little bit, well, you know, what about your partner's feelings? try and include in your partner into it. But I think really the main thing is the fact that it's just a really selfish self, your time for yourself. And it's kind of hard to, it's, uh, I just think it's kind of hard to have that conversation about you just doing something for yourself. There's no mm. benefit for anybody else. Mm-hmm. You're not waking, making the world better in any way, well, apart from yourself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I feel better afterwards. I think, I, I, I think that's probably one of the main reasons why. Yeah, it's like if you've got a really long to-do list, you don't tend to put five-minute wank on there. 
I think you should, though. Yeah. I think you should have, like, little masturbation breaks. You know, it can kind of keep you motivated. Yeah, have you times. heard of the Pomodoro method, which is focus on a task for, like, 45 minutes and then take a break? It's yes. your break. Yeah. So I asked Nadia to come along armed with some top tips, so techniques, actually. So are you able to share with us some top masturbation techniques, please? Um, okay, so first of all, I think it's really important for women and men and everything in between to really understand their body and know what your body does and where it works and um, understand, you know, what your org- where your orgasms are coming from, so your clitoris, your G-spot, and it's an extension of your your clitoris and really just taking time to kind of understand that um one of the top tips that i'd recommend is maybe trying love balls or love eggs they're really good for strengthening your pelvic floor muscle um especially if you're using benoit balls and just having them in there and doing your exercises over them can also awaken your g-spot area if you have them in and you're doing it quite often um because it's sitting in where your g-spot area is um so i know someone that was using it and found that they were you know, walking down the street in the shopping, actually coming. She had to stop using it because of that. So that's a top tip for everyone. And you can use them during masturbation. Um, I think another really good tip is... What was their face like? I'm just trying to get these balls out. I mean, there should be some kind of loyalty scheme points if it happens in Waitrose, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like I heard if you have a, your water's breaking Harrods, you get a free baby hamper. I'm not sure if that's true. But I, if I get pregnant, I will be walking around Harrods quite a bit. <laughs> um, one of the other things that I would um, suggest is also switching things up. So if, you know, if you're a person that always uses a vibrator and there's nothing wrong with that, most women need some sort of clitoral stimulation, maybe try a different vibrator. So maybe try a suction toy instead of like the buzz. Or maybe if you can't have an orgasm with a non-vibrating toy and you want to really practice having an internal orgasm, try a G-spot toy and use maybe a vibrator at the same time and eventually kind of just maybe ease yourself off one. If you masturbate with your left hand, use your right hand. Just, you know, it's just, it's, no, seriously, it's the, it's the unknown, you know, you know what she's going to do. Let's start with the other one. If you are not a person that masturbates often or you're not really sure where to start, don't set a goal. Don't go straight for your vagina, your vulva, you know, try and embrace your whole body and see what looks feels nice. If it feels nice, keep going. Um, there is no end result. There doesn't have to be an end result. You can get pleasure from just being kissed or, you know, having your nipples licked or, or whatnot, but if you, you know, maybe someone just rubbing your arm at, you know, 50 times in a row will actually get you off, but you won't know that unless someone does it or you do it to yourself. So just not setting a goal and just exploring your body. Can you, can you do it too much? And if you do do it too much, what might happen? Will you die or <laughs> what, what? Is there a bad consequence? Because I mean, there may be people going away thinking, I've got a whole weekend stretching ahead. I'm going to be spending a lot of time self-caring myself because they've said it's all right. Um... It, can you do it too much? Um, well, I think you could do anything too much, to be honest. Um, you could do, to, do it to the point of death. So if you neglect to eat or drink or get out, you will eventually die. Um, so don't do it to that. You know, if your hands start aching, maybe use, a, use something else or just, you know, go and have a drink. And can you Talk get, I mean, friend. I'm just thinking about, with, can you be electrocuted or not? 
If you use a one in the bath, is that possible or no? <laughs> These are very stupid questions, but they are things that I, I mean, do I think about. I mean, I wouldn't use one that's plugged into the wall, and there are ones that are plugged into the wall. <laughs> Me, personally, I'm quite scared of electricity and water, so it's just something that I wouldn't naturally do. But you do have waterproof ones, so you could do it in the bath. But I don't think there's such a thing as doing it too much, just as long as it feels healthy and you're not neglecting your other life. Is there something that you, and you, Nadia... Um, that sounds like self-care, but actually you really, really hate. I've got a few. Okay, go on. Um, We're here. We're all ears. First of all, for anyone who's black or, Afro, you know, you've got Afro hair, um, my hair's natural. But perming your hair, mm. I used to straighten my hair so it was dead straight. And the act of putting that in your hair is an actual chemical mm. and yeah. it burns. It burns so much you have, like, scabs in your scalp, but your hair's lovely and straight. <laughs> that is not self-care when you're walking around with scabs in your hair. I have patches that will never grow back because I've burnt it off. Mm. So that is not self-care. Um, I think wearing high heels is, for me, not mm. a form of self-care. Yeah, I'm with I you I love on that one. them, mm. but I'm a big girl. The pressure of my feet on the heels all night, can't do it. Cannot do it. Um, also getting my top lip threaded <laughs> is self-care, but it's torture. Well, I don't, I don't find it too bad, actually. I mean, it's a bit embarrassing that it's in the middle of Superdrug and everyone's watching you. <laughs> but apart from that, it's so quick. And maybe I've just been doing it for so many years now that I'm kind Does of... Feel, yeah, no, I, I refuse. I just... I, no, no. Anarchy, oh, also yeah. diets. Oh, yeah. No, no one wants to go hungry. No. Uh, Anarchy, any more? Self-care but not self-care. Well, I suppose because you talk about, we were saying yesterday that because Lisa is like Burt Reynolds if she doesn't, <laughs> doesn't trim the moustache. And um, I've grown, I've been growing a little goatee. So I said, I'm a bit like Kenny Rogers. Again, this is like, you will only get these references if you were born in the sort of 70s because they're very old, old references. But I hate any kind of removal of hair. And I, I hate shaving my legs. I hate... Bikini line thing is awful, and if you've done it at home with Imac or whatever, the stink of it is just unheard of. It is so bad. Um, so any kind of hair removal and, uh, and the heels. I agree yeah. with the heels. I, I, a lot of people don't wear heels anymore, and I, I love I love seeing them, but I also think they're just so bloody painful. And if you want to get somewhere, it's terrible. And I just think women look silly sometimes when they're running for a tube on these tiny little toothpicks. And I'm like, just get your trainers on. <laughs> silly, isn't it? It's just it's it feels unnecessary. I'm really grateful to Lily Allen for many things, but the one was that she started wearing trainers with a skirt, and that made yeah, me think. Yeah. And that's changed. It's a game changer. Nadia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. How can people? <laughs> how can people find you online? So I'm on Instagram, um, appointment AM. I have business cards. I also have a website. So I send out fortnightly newsletters to women um, and you get every fortnight a masturbation tip. So just doing something new. Um, you also get discount at Shush, Women's Erotic Emporium. Um, and I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Brilliant. Everyone, blow your whistles, blow your party horns. For Nadia. Dr. Karen is a regular part of the Hotbed Collective. She has a job title that four series in, I still have to look down <laughs> to my notes to get. Um, Pressure's on, Lisa. So uh, you are a clinical psychologist and psychosexologist. Mm -hmm. well um, she's Hotbed's in-house sex and relationship expert. There's basically nothing about relationships and sex that Dr. Karen doesn't know. Uh, and here you are in the hot seat. Thank you for joining us. Thank and Anna has me. some questions for you. I just wondered, there's that really cliche phrase where people say, if you don't love yourself, you can't love anyone else. So almost like if you haven't got that 
respect and confidence, then you're just going to be quite a miserable partner. In your experience, is that kind of true or, or is it a bit of a cliche? It's an interesting one, that one, because as humans, we are totally primed to seek out love and connection. It's just, it's in our DNA. It's just what we do. So you definitely will try to love other people. But the quality of that love for other people is the thing that, you know, where self-love, where self-confidence really comes in. So I think one of the things that we know when people feel that love for themselves, when they feel self-confident, is that generally they feel quite worthy of other people's um, affection, of being treated well. And when you feel worthy of that, it means that you put boundaries in place mm -hmm. to not allow people to treat you badly. So that, mm -hmm. I guess that's one of them. Um, when you feel confident about your body, uh, regardless of how your body looks, then generally you're able to accept compliments, believe that somebody's attracted to you and take that and, and use that to make yourself feel good. And when you feel secure that you're kind of worth hanging around, you know, you're good company, you're worth being in a relationship with, then generally you allow your partner and your relationship the space that it needs to thrive because relationships mm -hmm. do need space to thrive. Mm -hmm. But when you don't feel that, sometimes it's hard to give it space and mm -hmm. it can feel quite intense. So I guess what I would say is we'll certainly try, we'll certainly be trying to, um, to, to love others, um, but having that self-love, having that self-confidence generally makes us put boundaries in place that heighten that love experience for us. Mm -hmm. And obviously you do a lot of um, speaking to couples as well. Um, I mean, how can it help with kind of, I suppose, things like confidence, looking after yourself, feeling that sense of love for yourself so you can love a partner? It's really important, actually. And it's one of the things that when we're doing couple therapy, we'll be really looking out for and checking in with both people about their relationship with themselves. Um, I suppose a few of the things that often plague women, and I'm sure that there's many of us in the room that will identify with this, if not all of us, is um, things like body confidence, mm -hmm. is something that plagues women quite a lot. Um, but you'd be surprised at the things that generally tend to affect people's self-confidence that can be things like feeling like you're shit at your job at the mm -hmm. moment, or not feeling like a very good parent, or not feeling much fun. And those kind of things can really come into how well the relationship functions mm. for both people. So it's definitely something that we get people to reflect on and do a bit of work on their own on before them working on the couple mm. relationships. Really and I mean, important. I was joking that about the post-baby thing, but that is a typical time, I just have to add mm. this in, is when your body confidence is probably at an all-time low mm. Um, how can that kind of how, how could you help rebuild that because you can be really self-deprecating about it but it doesn't make you feel quite lousy mm. um, how does how do you kind of help how does the therapy maybe help with that particular stage I guess yeah I think one of the things that's really useful when there are key stages in your life like that where you know your body confidence might take a bit of a hit and we all know that it can do um, after giving birth or even for some people being pregnant it's just knowing what's normal. And I think one of the things that I love about social media and I'm really passionate about is that if you curate your social media feed and have it flooded with images of normal post-baby bodies, it does amazing things for your body confidence. And, and sometimes um, I would argue it can be better than therapy mm. because that's one person sat in a room telling you it's all right versus 50 pictures that you see that morning of people who look like you. So I think... Part of it is just accepting that this is a transition phase and that that's okay because your body's done amazing things. But part of it is also um, choosing what you look at or choosing who you surround yourself with mm -hmm. so that you can be reminded that 
your body is normal. Mm-hmm. And what about, let's go back to masturbation. This is terrible because people just think, God, she keeps going on about masturbation <laughs> all the time. What's wrong with her? Um, but going back to masturbation, why do you think, I mean, we touched on it a bit, but why do you think there is a bit of a sense of, of shame maybe around it? Because, you know, how do we get women to talk about it a bit more? Because, I mean, a, a famous example I was saying is that, you know, I've got a best friend that I've known for 30 years mm. and we've never talked about it. And in mm. fact... Yeah, I think once we were very drunk and we admitted that we had done it once. But we'll talk about lots of other things with, you know, with one another, like our partners and other things. And yeah. it just seems strange that there's still this taboo um, around discussing it. Yeah, I mean, as, as Nadia said, there's so much to it. But I think if I had to pick the top three influences that I think mean that we don't talk about doing it, it's the no sex, please, we're British. It's, the, it's our cultural ideas that we shouldn't talk about sex. It's the perception that women's sexuality isn't as dominant as men's, and that's why we kind of accept that men masturbate, but we don't really talk about the fact that women do. And it's the inaccurate naming of body parts and the fact that, um, I don't know, if we were to do a straw poll here, at what age people learned about their clitoris. Um, And men generally know about their penis, like, two decades before. Mm. So it's all of those things kind of coming together. I mean, there's a ton of other stuff, but... Mm. I would say they're my top three. Mm. And there's also a sense that it's not very feminine as well. Do you, I mean, I, it's funny because I was thinking about... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, people worry about what your face looks like or it it doesn't feel... I I still think, even though we talk about it all the time, um, it's still... I wouldn't talk about it in a mum's group or I wouldn't talk about it with... <laughs> you obviously, I wouldn't talk Tomorrow, about it with my mum. Yeah, exactly. It still, it still feels like it's, it's uh, controversial. Yeah, it's still a real taboo, isn't it? But hopefully that's shifting and I think it really is, actually. I think we're on the start of a masturbation revolution. Love it. Yeah. That's, that's hashtag, hashtag masturbation revolution. Mm-hmm. That's the title of our follow-up book, I hope. <laughs> so I don't know if I actually should point out, we've got a book coming out. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to clear up that little the, the pamphlet, the sampler that is on your chair isn't the book because I got a few people going, that's not a book, not and I was like, long. no, I know that's not a book. The book is going to be a proper book, and it will be out in July. Now, thank you 
Dr. Karen Gurney. Thank she you. is at The Sex Doctor on Instagram and she always has lots of really useful and funny stuff on there. So please follow her and thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So I'd like to welcome to the hot seat Kath, who is a company director of Moon Cup, who we have... Please put your hands together. We love Moon Cup. Well, I love Moon Cup because... I know that they sponsored some of our last series, but I did actually use one beforehand um, and think they're really brilliant. And they've got a stand here, so if anyone wants uh, to know all about menstrual cups, please go and chat to them. Um, so, Cap, please be period positive for us because we want something to make ourselves feel really good. Um, they don't all have to be about cramps, leaks and inconvenience, do they? Um, well, so they can be. For people who <laughs> menstruate, how can we harness the period powder among all of that other quite annoying stuff? Yeah, I think it's important to be real about your periods, first of all. Like, they can be... Obviously, they can cause cramps and they can make you feel introspective, but the main thing is we've been sort of conditioned, really, to feel shame and embarrassment and secrecy around them. And first of all, it's to accept that it's a rhythm that we've had since our girlhood, mm. right the way through to when we kick off the wheels of it in menopause. And it's... Um, I think it's really, really important to sort of experience what, what is happening for you and um, tune into that and start owning it as it is in reality for you rather than as it's been sold to us in adverts and through ideas of concealing it. Does that make any sense yeah. at all? I'm it quite seems good quite at, intense yeah. after talking about orgasms. <laughs> I'm quite good about harnessing PMT because I'm yeah. not often very confrontational. So I always find when I've got PMT, I'll actually like raise the issue that I'm annoyed about exactly. rather than just being really passive-aggressive about exactly. it. Exactly, and if you dismiss it as PMT rather than like, this is a, a point at which I'm going to articulate myself fiercely and my needs fiercely, which and it has some sort of value. Mm. So it's to start sort of enjoying the different aspects of your cycle or at least being curious. So... Um, all this chat about self-love is actually quite tricky when you're working because the average boss does not really care about your human charger and your need to go and connect with the ground at lunch break. So I heard that Moon Cup is actually amazing and you're based yeah. in Brighton. You've all come up today. So well, have, you got any, us, yeah. have you got any like lessons of how to be a great boss or like mm. nice ways of treating your staff so that they can yeah. be full of self-care and self-love? We're employee-owned, so that's a completely different model. So everyone's got vested interests in the business so, and is sort of collectively heard and, um, yeah, respected. You can come to work as you are rather than trying to be someone else as long as you can deliver on your job. Obviously, you can't just go nuts. Um, we have, um, we have um, weekly meditation. Um, we do mindful meditation. We have massages wow. every month. People come in. We eat collectively at lunch. And there's a real positive regard for one another we actually have a right laugh we were talking about crazy <laughs> crazy stuff at lunch we really enjoy each other's company have you got any vacancies yeah. at the moment um, we have yeah, actually. I, really need, I really need yeah, a job we have. At the we're in a period of real growth oh okay yeah. listeners so check out the show notes we'll link to their employer vacancies because uh, i like the lunch i like the collective lunch that yeah, sounds good we really stop and yeah we're present with each other and can you give us one of your own self self-love secrets what's a good uh, self-care and self-love tip for you well mine's I think a little bit heavy but it's um for me it would be about actually trying to hear what my needs are so it's actually really starting to hear what my need is and working out ways to honor it 
rather than sort of quashing it and not having a clue what I actually want or need. I found out about Moon Cup. It was a sticker on the back of the loos yeah. in my university. And it's really nice to see such a kind of punk company yeah. um, turn into something that's sold in boots and is yeah. now part 50 of... 50 countries worldwide now. Wow. And it's getting like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And just quickly, period poverty, because I mentioned that at the beginning. Have you got any involvement in that? Because yeah. it's, tr it's tricky, I know, because it sounds like it's a solution, but I know a lot of young yeah. girls would be quite self-conscious about using a menstrual yeah, cup. Yeah, there's that, and there's also the idea that, you know, would offering free sanitary products truly go to the cause of the problem, which is uh, austerity is one of the reasons. You know, they're, they're, it's a complex um, problem that's, you know, mirrored by situations like food banks, free school lunches, so it's complicated. We are working, um, we work on a case-by-case -case basis with projects all around the world, and we are working at the moment with Brooke, mm. who are doing a Let's Talk period um, project that goes with um, reproductive health education as well as provision of sanitary products, but it's very much about choice because each individual has to come and choose the sanitary product that's right for them. Whether they sort of don't have the money or not, it's still a question of personal choice. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to us. Thank you for Real being pleasure. brilliant. Yeah. And if you own a company out there, like listen to what Moon Cup do because they do care about, well, from what I gather, that sounds yeah. like a great place to work. So yeah. thanks for coming thank out. You. Bye, Cap. Please come up to the stage, Deborah James. She's known as Bow Babe on Instagram. She's also a presenter of the BBC podcast You Me and the Big C. Please give put your hands together for Deborah. <laughs> I am that person. Now, no, I'm bad about the heels now because like you you're rocking those heels. Oh, I, I, was, I was just going to say I am that person. That no, but I love I, that you you look amazing in them. I'm just <laughs> jealous because I can't get away with wearing. No, those. I I can't really walk in them. I just <laughs> <laughs> they, they look good. Just wear them around the venue. Now, actually, that's quite apt because I first noticed Deborah on Instagram because she was being treated for bowel cancer. Probably, I think you don't mind me saying, it's one of the unsexier forms of cancer. Yeah, no cancer is sexy, but this one is really shit. Yeah, it's sort of down there. So, um, but the first time I saw her, it was a picture of her at the Royal Marsden Hospital, and she was wearing her hospital scrubs, but she was, she had her full hair done, her makeup done, and she was essentially modelling those scrubs, and she looked mm. amazing. And that's how I noticed, and the thing is, you don't have to look super glam while you're being treated for cancer, but I think you're just showing that you can and that life does go on, so. Yeah, for me, it's very much a bit of a mask. So I have... Um, stage four bowel cancer, which basically means that I live with cancer. I've lived with cancer for two and a half years. Um, but I'm sitting here today, my skin is awful. We were talking about this earlier. And it's one of the side effects of my current treatment at the moment. Um, but I pretty much get through my daily life by masking myself behind, um, I suppose it's fake, but by by being a bit fake, it then becomes a bit real. I, I know there's a theory to say, no, you have to feel it first. But for me, you just slap on a bit of lip, uh, like lipstick and then you become it. Um, and I do think that there's an element of kind of, um, it makes you feel confident. Um, and also when you get cancer, it's so easy, or any illness, in fact, it's so easy to forget who you were. Um, mm. And I think it's, it's kind of like, you know, or you have a kid and you suddenly like, you're just mm. about the kid. Um, and for me, it was very much I got cancer and then I was just about cancer. And I mm. kind of thought, hang on a moment. I, I always liked clothes and I liked makeup and I was always a big flirt. Um, <laughs> and actually, I still want to be that person, even though it's really difficult mm. to do that. Still like drinking wine? 
Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and wearing the heels. Even though my feet are totally numb from my treatment, mm. I still have to wear the heels. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I was going to ask, because it's funny, sort of, I, I feel like in a way, self-care, it seems like it's just this quite banal thing and a bit frivolous and silly. But from what you're saying, it's, it's pretty important because it's one of those things, like maybe putting makeup on, wearing a gorgeous dress, wearing good shoes that helps you feel a bit better? I mean, does it have that kind of yeah, impact? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, looking good does absolutely make you feel better. I think it's, um, it, is, it is a tool in itself. Um, and I think it's part of the treatment. So um, it, I'm not saying that you have to always kind of make an effort because let's face it, sometimes you just want to curl up in your pyjamas and, and you feel like crap and you just want to roll with the crapness. Um, but there is a there is a reality that actually you know what if you just have a shower, you put on a nice dress, you put on a pair of heels, um, and sometimes when you look in the mirror and you don't look as ill as you might feel inside, um, it gives you the ability to just kind of face the day, um, whatever that might be. Um, and you don't always want to kind of you know be on a train wobbling in heels, um, and for everybody to be looking at you thinking that you look really ill even though inside you might feel it um, and actually sometimes that's all you need to get through the day mm. what about I mean the other thing is kind of having you know your image of you know, you know sort of body and your relationship with your body and your confidence yeah. and all those kind of things how do how do you sort of deal with that and kind of because I mean you're massively you are massively confident and I, I mean I follow you on Instagram as well and I think it's a, it's a I hate to use all those cliches about amazing and you get oh fucking hell here she goes again amazing blah blah, blah. but it, it does feel like you you put it you put this thing on that you're feeling good or you're you're putting on a kind of image and that's helping um, how do you deal with kind of the the self confidence aspect because many of us will struggle with self confidence anyway yeah um, and we're not going through the things that you've been through yeah so. but i struggle um like i put on um i think there's two sides to me so i put on this like um there's part of me that puts on this like hey i'm about to go and have a major operation but i'm going to take a photograph of me half naked before i do that and flash you my ass um and i think that's part of the drive that gets me through stuff but then there's also the other side and the other side is i've just had my stomach ripped open and i've got a scar that goes all the way down or i've got a scar across my back and i feel rubbish about myself and i look in the mirror and i don't recognize it right now um athena um who's the ceo of the eva pill she she's known me for a couple of years and we both know that my face doesn't look like my normal face right now um, and she said to me how are you feeling and I said I feel like total shit um, and that's the reality like right now I'm actually in the midst of some hideous side effects um, from my current round of treatment um, and anyone that knows me will know that actually this isn't what my face normally looks like my skin is 10 times better um, and I'm not normally dealing with the, the rubbish that I'm dealing with in terms of the side effects and that knocks your confidence mm. um, and that really really does and, and you have to find ways to recognize that it's okay to feel like that sometimes and actually go easy on yourself because I used to kind of beat myself up a little bit about that and kind of think no no I always have to be positive and smiley and I've realized that that does my own head in let alone it must do other people's heads in um and I think actually it's okay a, a it's okay not to be okay mm. um but it's also okay to recognize that sometimes you have to work on your confidence a little bit 
Um, I I kind of um, after my operation, so I had I've had a, a number of operations actually, loads, but um, my major like bowel operation. I hated the way that my body looked. I now look back and you know that like wobbly post-mum tum. I, oh God, I would kill for that now. Mm. Um, and I look back now and I will basically, when they sew you up, it's all a bit, you know, higgledy-piggledy. Um, and I kind of, I really, really, really didn't like it. And then I met this amazing photographer. Um, I was talking to Lisa about this earlier. Um, and I had the opportunity to do this photo shoot and she refuses to, to Photoshop anything. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. And then I, I did it and I looked at the pictures and I realised I didn't look as bad as I thought. Um, and it's amazing how suddenly when you see yourself through somebody else's eyes, it's as simple as a picture that can suddenly give you confidence and you can feel a little bit more sexy again. Um, but you never, I, you never quite know what it is that's going to spark that. Mm. Um, so don't, don't beat yourself up if you can't, like, you can't force it upon yourself, I mm. don't think. And it's interesting, you touched on sort of sexiness yeah. and sex. I mean, obviously we talk a lot about sex. What kind of, how does that change sort of for you? I mean, is, the, is it a form of making you feel better or have there been challenges in that area or how does, and things like masturbation and stuff, is that something yeah. that still feels like, yeah, that's something that can help relieve tension, make me feel better, make me escape? Yeah, um, so uh, my mum's sitting in the audience and I, yeah, I, sorry. Made, I made... I've, I've suddenly realised that actually... To, I, I yeah. said to Athena that I'm going to make damn sure that I drop in massive dildo <laughs> just to like be really, really like embarrassing about this. Um, I think I think in terms of like so right now um, everybody can can just go away. I, I did use the words fuck off, but I appreciate you might have to bleep everything in this podcast. Um, it really depends on where I am in terms of feeling about myself. So if I feel awful about my body, um, do not go near me because I will bite your head off um but I also not in think a sexy way presumably not really yeah. not in a sexy way uh, it's kind of yeah yeah I mean if it was in a sexy way we could roll with that right like this this would be in like uh, yeah just just don't even go there I think it, I, but I do think it plays an important part in intimacy in terms of your relationships because all your relationships change mm. when you go through any form of illness <laughs> And so I think that actually, if you forget about that side of you, it can actually have a really detrimental impact on your relationships. So I do think that's quite important to try, not to force it, but to try to maintain it. There are physical changes that happen to your body. So um, I've had a bowel resection, which means that your vagina changes. Mm. Um, for me, it's become shorter. I know that that's um, a kind of quite common uh, side effect for a lot of women who maybe have surgery in this area um so there are physical changes that happen um but I also think that actually feeling sexy reminds you well I'm I'm like in my late 30s um it reminds you what being a woman in your late 30s is like mm -hmm. and I think whatever way that looks like that's really really important even in your if you're in the midst of treatment um or you're in the midst of feeling rubbish then actually sex and relationships and like healthy relationships plays a massive part in that. Has there been anything which doesn't sound like self-care and self-love but actually makes you feel really good? 
yeah, just have a, like for me exercise and mm. having a bit of a laugh. And um, we've got mutual friends. A bit of axe throwing never goes amiss. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeb's and I have a mutual friend, and he owns an axe throwing business in Vauxhall, which is literally what it says on the tin. You go, you wear a protective mask, a protective helmet, and you throw axes at a target, and it's extremely cathartic and satisfying. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's called whistle punks, isn't it? And basically, I, I think I laughed when he set it up and now he's having the laughs at laugh because it's doing really well but in terms of kind of if forget PMT just go and throw some axes um, that's a really fun thing to do and then um, I know that one of the, the nightmares that's not self love is that I'm just a hairy like monster um, because of all my treatments so any form of like de-plucking is, is kind of like just onerous and not much fun mm. um, but in terms of other parts of self love I think it's um, I think it's it could be anything actually from dog walking mm. I like my dog that sounds a bit <laughs> random my dog gets more love than my husband most of the time to be honest with you and Anarchy what about you is there anything that doesn't sound like self-love but that is well I mean at the moment I'm having an erotic relationship with sleep because <laughs> literally I'm not joking you because I'm getting no sleep at all there is a moment that my head hits the pillow and my body just sinks into the mattress and it embraces me and I just feel it is almost an orgasmic experience <laughs> it's, it happens for about 15 minutes and then I'm woken up again but it is literally you're so tired that it feels it's otherworldly and mine is probably doing some DIY so it's similar to axe throwing I really like hanging up pictures I did a DIY course for women over the summer and it was hilarious it was basically like fight club we were like don't talk about DIY don't get anyone else in here and we basically went and we um tiled and we did some sawing and we did some plastering and we did some plumbing and it felt really good and I suggest that that is something that you maybe do with your friends uh, as an act of self-care instead of a spa um, go to a B&Q mm. cleaning can be like that Cle like really cleaning something well that can be you can tell I've been at home too, too long <laughs> I do, I do really like cleaning the toilet. I mean, it's very hotbed to go from, like, sex toys to cleaning the toilet. That's kind of the space that we occupy. Now, I would like to welcome to the stage our final uh, act, and, and she is an act tonight rather than a guest. Um, I'd like to welcome Karen Hobbs to the stage. She works for the Eva Peel as an information officer, but conveniently, she's also a stand-up comedian. So speaking of vaginas, uh, I've had a few problems with mine. Um, so what happened was I was bleeding a little bit in between periods and a lot after sex. And my boyfriend at the time, um, who I kind of refer to in this story as like Gerard Butler. <laughs> Thank you. You know what it's like. Uh, he said, oh, baby, is it because my dick's too big? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, how we laughed. Because <laughs> that's not a thing. Um, so I said, sure, maybe. Uh, and went on to Google. And the top results were either an STI or cervical cancer. So I booked a doctor's appointment and never thought I'd say this, but really, really kept my fingers crossed for chlamydia. <laughs> Karen, can you remove everything from the waist down, lie on the couch and put your legs as far back as possible, please? Then I went to the doctors. Oh, it's like the laddiest bit of my set. I won't do that again. I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, but in all seriousness, I was quite pleased it was cancer because I've wanted to start a blog for ages. So it just like really worked out for me. 
Um, I like to I like to tell people that that I've had cancer in every stand-up set that I do, whether the rest of it is about cancer or not, because if it goes badly, no one at a comedy gig is going to walk out and say, "I didn't like the act who had cancer." <laughs> you can't say that. I'm bulletproof. Um, but this is a great cause, so I'll give you some highlights. Obviously, I can't get through everything because I haven't got much time left on stage. <laughs> Calm, everybody. Um, so when I was diagnosed, I then had to go and have an MRI scan. Uh, has anybody had an MRI scan? Deborah, MRI scan? Yes. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Right. How fucking noisy are they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, exactly. Someone's cringing. They are so loud. Okay. So I was going into the machine. I never experienced anything like this before. And I was given some headphones to kind of drown out the sound. And as I was going in, I just heard this voice. Are you all right in there, Karen? And I was like, is God a Welsh woman? Because <laughs> how cool, after all these thousands of years of shit, would it be if God was a Welsh woman? And then God said, do you want some music? And I was like, okay, it's, it's the woman operating the booth. Um, classical or pop and I went for pop because I'm a modern woman um, and do you know hotbed lovelies what song came on when I was in the MRI machine waiting to find out hand on heart this is truth how much cancer I had Daniel Powter's bad day ah! I shit you not that actually happened it was crazy so it was like one of the fun things that happened um, my mum and dad had very, very different reactions when I told them. So I phoned my dad up first, because I knew he'd take it the worst, first the worst, so I'm a poet and comic. And um, I said, hi, dad, I think I might have cancer. And he said, classic dad response, Karen, have you seen the new Morgan Freeman film on Netflix? <laughs> no. And then I phoned my mum 20 minutes later, because I knew she'd be in a different part of the house, and I was right, she was upstairs ironing, earning her keep. And um, it's fine, they're happily married. And uh, I said, hi, mom, I think I might have cancer. And she's the funny one, she should be here, not me. She said, we waited 19 years to have you, spent all of our savings on IVF, and now this. <laughs> she's such a great laugh. Um, <laughs> So, so since being diagnosed with cancer, I'm really, really lucky. I've also been diagnosed with anxiety and depression, triple threat, <laughs> um, which means I have a cat. <laughs> and I love him so much, it would genuinely be an honour if I could breastfeed him. <laughs> and I know I'm not the only one thinking that in the room, okay? We love our pets a lot. Um, but I didn't used to always be this anxious ball of mess. Like, I used to be a lot more fun. And I kind of want to kind of like demonstrate how, what a fun time gal I was. So um, here's, a, here's a brief story from a very quick chapter in my life that I just refer to as accidental prostitute. Um, so what happened was, it was 2009. I was on the Thai island of Koh Phangan. You can, exa yeah, exactly, right, exactly. We can see where this is going, yeah. Uh, Karen was 19, sunburnt and hopeful. Hopeful for what? For Dick. Yay! And uh, my travelling companion, uh, Jess, she'd already passed out by 8.30, because at these full moon parties, you know like buckets and spades that you take to the beach? You literally drink a bucket of vodka. Yeah, exactly, exactly, you've been, exactly. Moon cup lady likes a drink, I like it. From the cup. The cup runneth over. Um, and by 8.30, she'd already passed out on the beach using her sequin clutch bag as a pillow, because we're from Stevenage and we're classy. And um, 
this this Norwegian soldier called Mads came up to us and and he saw that I needed some help so he helped me carry Jess back to our room and I was kind of scrambling behind trying to collect up her morals um and we got back to the room and she was being sick so I put I you know tipped the rest of the vodka out and put the bucket underneath her so she could be sick into the bucket my very good friend um and it was a one room situation and obviously he was aroused by this point um so I left the door ajar and we went onto the balcony um, and we had sex over the balcony like this except without all of you lot here. Imagine if I turned around. Woo! Um, and basically what happened was he came, I came, and um, <laughs> I was 19. I had a no clue. Uh, and, and what happened was he offered me some money. Oh! Which was very confusing, because I wasn't a prostitute at this point. <laughs> and a voice on one shoulder really was you know, reiterating that. Karen, you're not a prostitute yet. And a voice on the other side was like, but you are going to Australia after this. It's much more expensive than Asia. You want a DVD of that skydive, don't you? So I took the money. Yes, I did take the money because I am no fool. Thank you. I love that in this room I get that applause. Yeah. And obviously before I go on, I have to address the elephant in the room. How much did I charge? Um, so my going rate, I can honestly say this, is 2000 Thai Bart. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> We're good. Um, so, yeah, like, I've been really, really fun. And, like, so I had no clue about, like, orgasms when I was 19. And I think it's really appropriate to share that, you know, since cancer treatment, I kind of, before I would kind of have sex with somebody else, I wanked like I never wanked before whew, to get back in touch with my body. Um, and then I kind of went on this sort of sexual exploration when I was getting back in touch with my sexual self after going through something, you know, that kind of really directly affects your genitals and your reproductive system. And I've realised, um, and it's the first time I'm sharing this, um, what my favourite type of foreplay is. It's an apology. <laughs> Saying sorry, right, Hands up if you get wet when someone says sorry. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you want to go for a drink after? Because you've also been to a full moon party. We've got a lot to talk about, right? And I've got a little rhyme. If you want to turn me on, admit you were wrong. <laughs> Just works for me. Um, but, like, okay, so there are a couple of benefits also that I found to having cancer. I'm just going to share a couple with you. Um, so I am completely covered now in social situations when someone says, tell me something interesting about yourself, okay? So in the years BC, before cancer, I'd be like, oh, I'm a vegetarian, or, oh, I could afford to go to Australia. <laughs> we all know how that happened. But in the years AD, so if BC is before cancer, AD is... Yes, quickest answer I've ever had, thank you. Um, after diagnosis, I can say that I've been fingered by more medical staff than sexual partners. Hey! I told my mum this fact, and she went, I'm really glad it's that way round, sweetheart. <laughs> like, if you survive cancer, your parents are proud of anything. <laughs> Honestly, they'll take whatever they can get. Um, another thing that makes my mum proud is that I work for the Eve Appeal now. Um, and it's a fantastic charity and we raise funds for research into early prevention of the gynae cancers and lots and lots of awareness. And that's kind of where my job sits in Infirm and Awareness. And through working with Eve, I'm sure all of you have seen um, that it was released at the end of last year. So smear tests or cervical screening um, is at a 21-year low in the UK, which is awful, okay? And through some surveys we've done, um, people we've spoken to, about 40% of people think that gynecological cancers 
have kind of a greater stigma associated to them than other types of cancer. And also around 40% of people wouldn't go to the doctors if they had a problem down below. And about 65% of people have got a problem saying the word vagina and vulva, which just isn't okay. So I'm thinking, what can I do? What big statement can I make to help? So, thank you, Dr. Karen. Okay. Here's a poster of my vulva. Oh, thank you, assistants. Yay! Thank you very much. Um, it's fine. Take it all. It's not to scale, by the way, just in case anyone was thinking, like, oh, sweet Jesus. Woo! Um, I'm going to address the hair issue in the room. It wasn't because I had chemo and it all fell out, which would have been a great cancer joke. Um, I actually uh, get much more pleasure from having no hair. My skin's much more sensitive. So I'm all right with that. Um, also, right, so people also ask, after the hair question, where did you get it printed? <laughs> did you go to Boots? <laughs> No, I did not. Um, so this was printed. Um, I took it on a USB stick to an independent printers in East London where uh, two men, obviously, who own the company, they own companies, they're men, of course they are, ugh, um, had to stand around an industrial-sized printer for 40 minutes. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable for everybody. Whilst three of these bad boys printed out... <laughs> It was honestly the most awkward 40 minutes since my dad came to see my first show as a surprise! Ah! I literally came down from the, from the room above a pub and he had a walking stick in one hand, wine in the other, and went, very proud of you, Karen. <laughs> as I told you, bulletproof. So I have cancer, you can do anything, and your parents make you proud. Um, but in all seriousness, like if one person looks at this arguably oversized high-definition A1 poster of my vulva um, and thinks, okay, I feel a little bit less embarrassed, I'm going to book my smear test or I'm going to go to the doctors and check out whatever problem I've got, um, then I've absolutely done my job because my lack of embarrassment literally saved my life. Um, and a final benefit that I will leave you with is I never have to give birth. Yes! because I can't. Oh, it's a fine, there's a fine line between tragedy and comedy. We're all on board. Um, and people say, Karen, how, I've had this question, how does that make you feel? That you will never experience the magic of natural childbirth. I think from what we've heard tonight, it makes me feel fucking wonderful. <laughs> I'm okay with that, okay? Because it means, guys, I will never rip hole to hole. Okay? It will never happen to me. It happened to my friend's mum, right? She ripped hole to hole, stitched up, had a sanitary towel on, went to the toilet, pulled her knickers down, stuck it sticky side up, ripped all over again. Yeah, let that sink in. It will never happen to me. Yay! And it, guys, it just means, and you've been so lovely, that I can always promise you a tight opening. Thank you so much for being so lovely. Enjoy the rest of your night. <laughs> Karen, you're wonderful. If you are listening at home, we'd love you to check out the Eve Appeal website and donate a little bit of money, get involved in their campaigns. There's also loads and loads of help and advice. They have a, 
a helpline which um, has a special nurse on there who can talk to you about any symptoms. There's a list of possible symptoms on the website and if anything's a little bit weird or worrying you, it's always better to get it checked out. So um, that is the Eve appeal. And who else do we need to thank, Anarchy? Because it's been a great show. We need to thank all of our guests. Yes, um, we'd like to thank all, Nadia. All fabulous. Nadia. Dr. Karen. Nadia, Dr. Karen, Karen Hobbs. We mainly feature people called Karen. Um, Deborah James, Bow Babe, and uh, Catherine Mooncup. So thanks, everybody. And we'd also like to thank all of you as well for being our audience. And uh, we were a bit worried, actually, I must say. I mean, I was particularly worried, but I think we were worried that nobody would laugh, no one would blow any whistles, and we would just be very sad. Kenny Rogers and Burt Reynolds on stage um, <laughs> doing our reunion tour to a group of people just looking at us like we were mad. So I'm, I'm, we're really happy that you've joined in, and I hope you will go home. And if you take one thing away from tonight, go and masturbate for a little while. We've had some really good tips forget about the facials and all the other stuff every time I think facials I think there's other kinds of facials as well but you could maybe do those but yeah just take take away some of this idea that you can compliment yourself and there are kind of ways to look after yourself that don't involve spending money because that's another thing which I think is good about sex and masturbation yeah. it's free um and i would also like to thank shola laj for producing alex graham for producing at home and white city house for having us and all this chat i don't know if the word masturbation has been said this often anywhere let alone uh, in this function room well we hope you enjoyed our episode today you can't get by on just a few crumbs here and there so please do like subscribe review on itunes and recommend word of mouth works as well um, because we want to get as high as we can into the itunes chart and take over the world hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home go to prettylitter.com and use code acast for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.